art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just worship. You know, I, I, I don't know why, but you know, the, the love of Jesus just kind of enraptured me. How much he did on the cross for you. You know, if that's the only realization you have, there are some errors you won't walk into. Because in his love is protection. In his love, you are shielded. If you love him and you allow that love to be a revelation in your heart, there are some fights you won't get involved in. There are some people you won't beef. There are people that will be trying to fight you, but <laughs> you are just not interested. Because of your love for him, you are too focused. It's looking out of him, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Sadly enough, man will never be able to start and finish your faith for you. It's only Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus, I love you. Love you from the depths of our heart. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We just love you from the depths of our heart. We just thank you for the privilege of life, for relationships around us, for everything you've done. We just say we love you all over again. Now, as you go into your word this morning, speak to us from your word. Let grace be present in this house. Let your glory fill this place. Let every question in our hearts be answered. Be with us and let there be increasing level of grace and strength both in the first and the second services this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want to welcome us this morning to the first service and I want to speak very, very briefly on something that is going to be a blessing to you. So I'd like you to pay attention. I don't want people moving around. Please, I need you to sit down. Those movements, it's a distraction. And I don't want to be distracted here. I'd like everybody to be seated and let's listen to God's word. Part of honoring God's word is sitting down to listen. If you have no business walking around, please sit in one place and take in God's word. Alright, so I want to talk about something that is extremely important this morning, both for us as leaders in Shouts of Grace Center, or even as workers, or even as ordinary members, also for us as singles, and also for us as married couples. I want to talk about an area of life that we are supposed to pay a lot of attention to, and that if you don't pay attention to this particular area of life, all the other areas might not work well. In other words, this thing that I want to talk about is extremely crucial to our success in life and our destination, which is in heaven. 
for me as a person, I don't want to waste my time on this side of the world only to get to that place and then there are some issues there and then you couldn't enter. Because the Bible makes us to understand that there will be issues in those days. There will be a lot of issues. Some people are going to get there expecting to have a VIP entrance into heaven. But God, Jesus Christ is going to tell them, I don't even know you. And they are going to try to explain. Don't you remember we cast out devils in your name? We went on missions. Uh, we, I'm a worker in church. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm saying, I don't know you. Because uh, that scripture brings you to a place that... The most important thing to God, first of all, is knowing Him. It's not about using your service or your responsibility in church to pacify your conscience or tell yourself that I'm doing great. No, the, the real thing here is about knowing Him. That was why Apostle Paul said that I may know Him. It, it was something that is paramount for him. It was the, the best thing he wanted to do. And so I want to show us how these things, how these dynamics work together and how we need to take an inventory of our personal, individual lives and then make certain decisions in order for us to advance and get to that place that God wants us to get to in life. And so I'm going to begin from Genesis chapter 11. And in verse 1, the Bible says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of China, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and uh, they had uh, 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 slime for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a tower. Who stop me reach unto the heaven? Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Notice that what these people want to do seems impossible to us in this age. I'm, I'm not sure any or anybody will even try to attempt that now. That let us make a building that will reach to the heavens. But the 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 the, the agreement of these people or their decision to do this will tell you that there was some form of advancement, not in terms of modernization, but in terms of wisdom that existed in the times of these people. So they know how to make mortar. They know how to prepare block, probably stronger than what we are using today. Because you see, the knowledge that they had then uh, around this time, it's, it, you know, the, the, the corruption that came upon Adam was gradual in its implementation. It wasn't an instant thing. And that's why we have people living up to 969 years of age. But as time went on, the lifespan of man reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced until it's around 70, 80, 90. So when somebody is 70, you say that person is an old man. In the times of these people, if you are 70 year old, you are like a one year old or two year old. I mean, you just started life. You had people, you see, you see, it's very strange things. And he died and he was 355 years old. You're like, seriously? And these people, if you, if you understand the, the working of the brain of Adam, the Bible says he gave name to all the animals. Name them all. So you understand that there's some level of advancement. Church history tells us that Adam wasn't just like five feet or six feet, that he was a very huge man, bodily, in his bodily build, that when he stands, you know, it was the, it was the express image of God. And when he stands, he stands tall and huge. Nobody could bring an exact, 
you know, uh, how many feet it was, but it was a very, very huge man. As time goes on and we bring wrong diets into our system and then corruption enter into our body, then we were becoming shorter and shorter until uh, somebody sees feet and he says tall. No, it's actually short in the real sense of it. Are you following me here? So the Bible said these people are going to build and the Bible says what they were doing commanded the attention of God because in verse 5 the Bible says and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. We are live on Facebook. Please kindly go there. Facebook.com slash KHC Global and help us share the video to your timeline. Alright, then the Bible says in verse 6 and the Lord said behold the people is one. You think that is not a correct English. <laughs> but this is God speaking. It's correct. Why? Because God looked at the people and said, we can't use R for this one. They are so one that we can, I can only say is one. The people is one. And in fact, if you look at that word, it's in, okay, it's, 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 you see it in bracket. In literal a Bible, yeah, it's in italics. And every word that is italics does not exist in the original uh, Hebrew rendition. So the translator put it there so that it can make meaning. So what the Bible actually is build the people want. And that's what we're supposed to be. Workers in shadow of grace center, one. Husband and wife, one. See, problem begins when the workers are not one. Problem begins when the leadership, they, they are not one. Problem begins when uh, uh, the, the assistant pastor has five spiritual fathers and listens to all of them, take instructions for all of them. At the end of this, going to come out confused with nothing to show. The people is one. That oneness is powerful. If you see a husband and wife that are one, they will move mountains. Nothing will stop their prayers. Nothing. Did you hear me what I said? Nothing. If two or more people shall agree concerning anything, it shall be done. The problem is that most of the time they are not in agreement. They, and they have one language. And this they begin to do. One language here does not necessarily mean, oh, we must speak the same Yoruba. Mm-mm. You see, if, if an Igbo girl marries a Yoruba guy, they can still be one and they can have one language. The language is the heart. It's, it's the language that their heart is speaking, not your mother tongue. Are you following me here? It's the language of their heart. So the Bible says, and this they begin to do, and this is God saying, nothing will be restrained from them. Which, now, look at it, which they have imagined. So, if you can be one, imagine it, it's going to be done. It's going to be done. The power of imagination is only made effective in a place where there's unity. In the place where there's oneness. When the devil wants to ruin anybody's life, he scatters their unity, their oneness. And once you are not one, there's going to be a problem. The way the scripture is designed, you can't follow too many people. You end up confused. There are patterns in the kingdom of God. You find the place that God has, the pattern God has given in ministry. You look for just one person who has that grace. And then you stay there. That's how it works. Because 
There is nobody in the kingdom that will be announced by himself of himself. There has to be people that even Jesus Christ has to be announced by John the Baptist. It is the ordination of God and nobody can stop it. However, no matter what you do to be announced or to show that you are one, once your heart is not with that person, nothing also is going to work. The state of your heart is extremely important. How do you know what's going on in your heart? Your imaginations, what you are thinking, what's going on in your mind. So God has to say, let us go down and confuse, confuse, confound their language, their hearts, that oneness. Let's throw some monkey wrench inside. That they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. See, there's a scattering once the language has been distorted. Are you following me here? Notice what, what God said here. Because they are one, there's nothing they imagine they won't do. If you have a husband and a wife that are one, they can come together and say, we agree to get this thing done in two months. That thing will be done as long as they are of one language. So what the devil fights in couples, in church, in leadership, in, even in individuals, is this language. This language of your heart, first with God, and secondly with man. Jesus had favor both with God and with man. Say, no, I don't need men. God is my mentor. It doesn't work that way. God won't be your mentor. He is your Lord. Your Father. Are you following me here? Let me show you another scripture here. I was just bringing this scripture together while praise was going on. So I don't have a note for this. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Genesis 6 5. Look at it. <laughs> and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Why would God say the wickedness of man is great? That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart only evil. So, God concluded this is a wicked set of people because of their imaginations. It wasn't so much of their actions. It is what is going on in their mind. In their mind. A lot of people fool themselves in church. They pretend. They act. Like they are loyal or they are hard working, but they are not in their hearts. And what God rewards is not your action, but your heart. God does not reward your running around. He rewards your heart. So a perfect thing is service that is coming from a good heart. That's where the devil goes into the heart to mess it up. So that whatever you are doing, running around, carrying everything, becomes unnecessary and useless. May you not lose your reward. I don't want to lose my reward. So every time I'm constantly hard on myself, checking my heart. Checking my heart. I'm checking my heart. My heart towards people. My heart towards my spiritual father. My heart towards my protege. My heart towards my spouse. My heart towards my children. Constantly checking. Constantly. 
Every time the devil wants to kill a man, he will first of all disenfranchise you. Not by proximity, but in your heart. You can be so near a person and be so far away. That's why you see some married couple, they will say, ah, I'm lonely. Are you not married? He's married, but he's lonely. You know what? They are living together, but they are not together. They are not together. So imaginations of the heart. And then in verse 6, go to verse 6. Look at what God did because of imagination though. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. So your imagination reaches the heart of God. He saw their imaginations. He, he came to a place of regretting. Why did I even make these people? Because of their imaginations. And it grieved him. So God can be grieved. Some people say God is a spirit. Yeah. But you see there that God has emotions. You cannot be grief unless you have emotions. God has emotions. Jesus has emotions. Holy Spirit has emotions. And Jesus Christ wept. That's emotion. Are you following me? He said, do not make the Holy Spirit sad. Good news translation. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Good news translation says, do not make the Holy Spirit sad. So the Holy Spirit can be sad. Those are emotional expression of the God we serve. No, 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 I can just do anything. Don't just do anything. It can grieve the heart of God. As you can see here. Go to verse 7. Because of imagination, look at what God do. And the Lord said, I will destroy my womb I've created from the face of the earth. Both man, beast, creeping thing. Creeping thing did not offend God though. Except for the snake. But the beast did not offend God. And the followers of the earth, for it repented me that I have made all of them. So the imagination of men Cause God to regret that he even made the beast. And see, God was thinking like, if man, the apex of my creation can mess me up like this, what will the beast not do? Let me wipe all of them off altogether. But by the mercy of God, he reserved Noah. The Bible says Noah found what? Grace. Are you still with me here? Let's go on. I have a very short time. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Can two work together <laughs> except they be agreed? This agreement is not, ah, you, uh, I love you. I mean, I love you. Can we marry? Yes, we marry. Mm-mm, that's not, that's not this agreement here. No, far from it. Did you hear what I said? Far from it. Far, far, far from it. The literal Hebrew word for that, the word agree in Hebrews. You know what it means? It means to meet. To meet. So the question I have for everybody is between the pastor and the pastor, people and the pastor, is there a meeting point? Between you and your fiancé, is there, did you actually meet in your heart? People can have sex together without meeting. That's why the following day they say, I know, I'm not in love again. They never met in the first place. Are you with me? 
First Chronicles 28, verse 9. David was about to die. And he began to give a charge to Solomon. And thou, Solomon, my son, know that the God of your father, know that the God of thy father, serve him with what? A perfect heart. And with what? A willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts. You know, we, we can be so deceived that God doesn't know what you are thinking. That's why you often give yourself liberty to think whatever you want. God does not just look into what He searches. And then look at it. I will understand it, all the imaginations of the thoughts. So, now, look at it. So, imagination is different from thoughts. So, what is saying from this scripture is that your thoughts can have imaginations. All the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, it will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, it will cast thee off. Forsake her is not God. I don't want to again. He's forsaking in the heart. He's refusing to agree. Can you walk with God except you be agreed? You see where your imaginations can just cannot be just left there carelessly and you know just just allow it to just move, you know you just you just leave it there carelessly. Every sexual sin, hear me very well, everyone begins with imaginations. That's where it starts from. First of all, begin to think. Every adultery begins from emotional adultery. You think you're on a safe side? It's just emotional. It's just emotional. It's just emotional. It's just emotional. One day the devil will set you up. And that which you have imagined will literally play out. No wonder the Bible says, guard the loins of your mind. Don't allow your mind to just carelessly. Me, when, when you have loins and you're straight around as you're walking on the road, it's gathering dust, gathering dust and everything on the road. So you guard those loins. You guard it. You know, those kind of dinner dress that, uh, ladies wear, magsy kind of style that is touching the ground. You know the kind of clothes I'm, I'm talking about? That is all over on the ground. And uh, so you want to enter, somebody has to help you guard it up. Otherwise, you are a total mess by the time you enter. Especially if that place is not a good environment. You wear, you wear that kind of dress to bury side. Hmm? Nobody will recognize you afterwards. And it's white. The clothes is white. Are you following me here? So you say you tuck it in. So you see those women, they will, they will, if there's nobody to help them, they will, they will, they will pull it up themselves. Eh? Then when they enter and see, oh, this place is tired, they can trade ground. Because there's no dust to gather there. Say, so gather the loins of your mind. Don't just throw it round like that. Are you still with me? Jeremiah 7.24 Let me read from verse 23. 23 and 24. 
But this thing commanded I them saying, Obey my voice. This is God speaking. And I will be your God. Obey me, I will be your God. And you shall be my people and walk ye in all the ways that I've commanded you that it may be well unto you. Verse 24. But they hearken not, nor incline their air, but they walk in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil arts. Imaginations can give you counsel. You imagine nonsense too much. It will counsel you. It's, this thing is okay. You can do Do you even know what the pastor himself is doing? Do something. Your imaginations can counsel you. That's what the Bible says here. And because of wrong imagination, they went backward and not forward. Every time you mess up this language, this agreement in your heart, you actually take a step backward. Everything collapses. Everything just collapses. There's a viral video of Archbishop Duncan Williams. He was a son of Archbishop Benson outside. He said some wrong words about him. Everything in his ministry dried up. And he knew they have dried up. So he went to meet a prominent man of God, a prophet, to inquire, please help me pray. I have prayed, I can't see solution. Why are things dried up? And that one said, you spoke against the servant of the Lord. Are you following me? He flew. Flew out of Ghana and came to see Archbishop. He said from the entrance of the church, he went on his knees and said, I, I, let me just crawl inside. And that man of God looked at him and said, devil, leave him alone. Whatever happens is between me and God. It does not concern you. Go back. And everything came back to normal. Do you know why that happened? From heaven. From heaven. Are you following me? From heaven. The, that relationship has been ordained of God. That this is the one eh, that will cover for you and cause you to go forward in ministry, in life, in every area. The moment you mess up with that grace, things dry up. Just naturally. Are you following me? And this is how it works. By virtue of your specific call or assignment, God knows who in the body of Christ has conquered the demon that are getting ready to fight you. Are you following me? So God in, the, in, in his wisdom and orchestration will cause your path to cross with that person. So you now have to allow your heart to be joined to that person. And when you do, you are covered. So you simply honor that grace and that's it. If you dishonor that grace, do you know what will happen? Those demons that he has conquered, they will fight you. Are you following me? There's a demon behind every form of sexual perversion. From masturbation, to oral sex, to every kind of perversion. Because you are a member of this church, under this grace, you are not supposed to suffer from those demons. I've conquered those demons. Me, I'm telling you, I fought them as a young person. 
God opened my eyes. I saw some of them literally. I saw the way they operate. And God gave me grace. So when you dishonor the grace, you find yourself masturbating. Me, I'm telling you how this thing works. You find yourself in adultery. Now, not because I am extra anointed. Mm-mm, let me break it down for you. When God brings a man and a woman together in marriage, there's a grace upon your husband. He doesn't have to be a pastor. There's a grace upon him to solve the problem in your life. And there's a grace upon your wife to solve the problem in your life. If you can honor one another and be on the same page. But if you don't, the very grace upon your husband that that naturally these things are an issue to me. I don't even have to those demons will fight you. So, you'll find the wife saying, ah, ah, my dear husband, this thing that is messing you up, I, I, I've prayed for about 10 people last week and they were free. Why? Why? You don't have to. I mean, this thing is simple now. You, see, you know what? The husband is not honoring his wife. The same way, if your weakness, for example, is that you fall in love with everybody. How do you know there are people like that? You don't know. You just fall in love with everybody. Emotional affairs develop. You don't even have to talk to the person. You are just in love. Now, by virtue of God's ordination, it will bring a spouse into your life who don't have that issue at all. Are you following? That he does not have, he, he has conquered it. So, all you do is to honor him. How do you honor him? Be on the same page. Don't hide from your spouse. Confess your sins, your faults to one another that you may be healed and made whole. So, ah, ah, my dear, I don't even know. I'm, I'm sure I'm looking at somebody. I'm sure I'm falling in love with somebody. He said, hey, let's pray. That sin is over. But if you don't, you are inviting demons. Understand how this thing works. Learn to be on the same page. One, with your spouse. Two, with your pastor. Three, with your parents. But the first one and the most important is with God himself. Because God himself is searching the heart. Man does not search the heart. I hope you know. I cannot Google your heart. Unless it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's why it becomes a problem with man. If if your wife can search your heart, and uh, that's where the problem is, she will know how to attack it. But most of the time, she doesn't know. Why is my husband behaving like this? Why is he disconnected? Why is he disconnected? So she does not even have an idea of what you are going through. So she's to start misbehaving, thinking that you are doing it deliberately. Meanwhile, you are going through issues because you did not open up. On the other hand, God searches the heart. He sees it. And also because you refuse to open up, it does nothing. Until David went to God and said, Search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be any evil thing. That was when God found forgiveness for him. But even with that, there were consequences of his action. The adulterous son died. Abby? Died. Absalom took 
ten of his father's concubines and slept with them on a rooftop where all of Israel can see them. Then he chased his father off the throne and David actually ran. Stood up from his throne and ran. David, run from one man. David does not run. David, David was a field marshal. Church history recorded he fought over 66 wars and lost none. But his son chased him away because of that compromise. Then Amnon fell in love with Tamar. There's no other person to fall in love with except his half-sister. And his cousin, Jonadab, advised him, which led to rape. And David refused to correct Amnon, which angered Absalom. So two years later, Absalom organized the death of Amnon. And Tamar was left desolate all her life, never married, because of that one singular abuse. You see how his whole house went disorderly because of one adulterous sin that even God forgave her, but the consequences were there. So you see, you, you have a wound that you inflict on yourself and you pray for healing. So there's quick healing and there's healing, but the scar will remain with you for life. This is why it's a problem in continual dipping your hands into sin. God will forgive you 100,000 times and ever. But the scars you are living will one day turn you almost into a monster. They will look at you, it's all scars they see. And you won't be able to help other people that God is placing around you. The, the problem you overcome places you at a vantage place to release others. The problem you hide and you refuse to confront and you pretend it's never there and you live in denial. You never overcome one, two. You now deny several hundreds or even thousands of people from being set free from that same problem. The comfort with which you have been comforted is the comfort with which we comfort others. But when you have refused that comfort out of arrogance, rebellion, stubbornness, and just refusing to do what God asks you to do, you are left in your miry clay of sin with the possibility of losing your soul because the scripture says no unclean sin will enter heaven. But let me have you know this, that every help you will ever need in this life concerning every struggle you have now is available. You are just refusing to embrace the help. For God will not come to a place where he leaves you without help. Never. Never. So you don't despise the graces that God has surrounded you with. Did you see the scripture where a particular prophet, man of God, gave a wrong counsel to a man? You notice that scripture? Gave him a wrong counsel and lion killed him. He died. You know why he gave him a wrong counsel? That man was not sent to him. That man is still a man of God. But he wasn't sent to him. So you go here, you go there, you go there. You, you, you corrupt the grace of God upon your life. You corrupt everything. Stay where God has placed you. And honor that grace. And you see progress in your life. Is somebody with me here? So it's a casting down imaginations, not honoring them. 
not embracing them. Casting down. It comes like this, you, you smash it down. Well, the word cast there in literal Greek is the same word that is used when, when, when the Jews, when they are in that, uh, this, uh, what do they call it? Where they do their games. Arena. And then one of the men carries his opponent and slams him down. That's cast. That was the language Paul employed. Casting down, slam. Not a, this thought again. It has now come. And you are romancing it. You are romancing it. A, a thought of, a sexual thought comes into you. You pick your phone. You Google it. Says with a man. Says with three people. You are romancing it. You are inviting demons. Eh? And the amount of demons inside your phone, you have no idea. Just Google something, the demons jump out. And you are going through that, and you refuse to say a word to people who have been placed around you that can help you. God, God, take this thing away. God said, you are foolish. You are foolish because the help you need to take it away is around you. Say uh, uh, seven days fasting. Mm-mm. Go and open up to your wife, my friend. Your forty days fasting will amount to nothing. You will finish forty days. You will you will do the same thing on the forty-first day because you are breaking scripture. You are breaking scripture. You think you can read enough Bible and prayer to solve that problem? You break this one. You hide stuff from your spouse. You allow your imaginations to run wild. It doesn't work that way. Are you following me? You open up. For he that hide that his transgression will not prosper. You open up. You discuss this thing. Every time you hide stuffs. What you are doing is encouraging demonic influences to have an inroad. I pray that God will grant you more understanding in the name of Jesus. Uh-uh. <laughs> I said I pray that God will grant you more understanding in Jesus name. The principles of God are very simple. We just need to respond to them. And not punish ourselves unnecessarily. Stand upon your feet this morning. Talk to God. Talk to God. Halava shatarikosia. Hembronosis vreketazizi. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Halava shantekenempotisikanikogandesh. Glory, glory, glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I pray that God will bring you to that place of wisdom and understanding in Jesus' name. And give you strength in your inner man to do the needful in Jesus' mighty name. Can I hear you? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning, say after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. 
I declare you died for my sin. You rose up on the third day. From today, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to God's kingdom. Please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Dunamis and Sophia and part of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of the Center, and Kisses and Hugs Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global. YouTube at Dunamis Tunde Noah on MixLR at KHC Global. Visit our website www.kcsandhooks.com via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kcsandhooks.com slash partnership. God bless you.